0: This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of November 21st, 2022, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's no secret that the North American airline industry has been rocked in recent years by turbulence from the pandemic and rising fuel prices, The skies on the horizon aren't exactly bright and cheery either. Due to job cuts and attrition, the industry is about 8,000 pilots short of where it needs to be to meet demand. According to management consulting firm Oliver Wyman, the pilot shortage could swell to 30,000 pilots by 2032 if the industry doesn't change its current course. Indianapolis-based Republic Airways, one of the largest regional airlines in America – has a vested interest in trying to stock the talent pipeline, not just with pilots, but other aviation careers as well, including maintenance. Last year, it announced plans for a $200 million project in Carmel that would include a new corporate headquarters and a 105,000-square-foot training facility. It already has a commercial aviation flight school in Indianapolis called Lyft Academy, designed for pilots and maintenance workers, But Republic's mission has another component beyond simply meeting workforce needs. In recent years, Republic has made a concerted effort to recruit more women and people of color and to eliminate barriers that might stand in the way of successful careers at the company. Looking at the industry as a whole, the demographic disparities for pilots are acute. According to Bureau of Labor Statistics figures from 2021, About 95% of airline pilots in the U.S. are male, and about 93% are white. In our annual HR Impact Awards program, IBJ recently honored Republic Airways for its initiatives related to diverse recruitment and hiring. They include a three-day Aviation Career Summit that, in October, attracted 1,100 attendees, including 750 students of color from across the state. Republic also is in the process of launching a campaign to raise $24 million to help 300 Central Indiana students of color start careers in aviation. For this week's edition of the podcast, we are joined by Rob Lowe, Republic's Vice President of People and Culture, and Alicia Spires, Senior Manager of Talent Acquisition for Pilot Recruiting, to discuss the barriers that women and people of color face when they consider aviation careers, and what Republic is doing to widen those horizons. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Rob Lowe, Vice President of People and Culture at Republic Airways. Rob, thanks for making time today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Also joining us is Alicia Spires, Senior Manager of Talent Acquisition for Pilot Recruiting for Republic. Alicia, thank you for making time.
2: Yeah, excited.
0: Very quickly, let's learn a little bit about Republic Airways first, because I think a lot of people have been on a Republic flight, but did not know they were on a Republic flight uh, because it went under another name. It's it's a very large regional airline, but what, what does it do?
2: Yeah, so I can speak to that. Um, So, Republic is a regional airline. People people mostly haven't heard of regional airlines until you've maybe worked in the industry before. I know I hadn't. So, it's pretty common when we have to explain uh, what we do and why we do it. But, yeah, if you've flown out of Indianapolis, probably um, you've been on a Republic flight. One out of three flights that leave Indianapolis is a Republic flight. So, you wouldn't know. And that's our business. So, we fly for American, Delta, and United as a regional partner. So we fly um, the Embraer 170, 175 aircraft. So if you get on a plane, it has uh, one row down the middle and two seats on the sides up the aisle. That could be a Republic
0: flight. And so the the people would say, hey, welcome to uh, Delta Connection flight, whatever, or United Express flight, whatever. But that is Republic that is operating the flight.
2: Yeah. And they'll say that right after the announcement. They'll say, um, welcome to your Republic or your um, United Express Flight operated by Republic Airways.
0: And my understanding is there are nearly a thousand daily flights to a hundred cities uh in forty US states, Canada, the Caribbean, Central America. This is a pretty wide operation.
2: Yeah, I know mostly find us on the East Coast, uh, Midwest area down into Florida. So more on this side of the of the US.
0: And about how many employees does Republic have?
2: A little over six thousand.
0: Can you help me? Any sense of how to break those down in the major employee categories? like For example, the people that work in a cockpit versus corporate people versus maintenance people?
2: Mostly our associates are crew members, so pilots and flight attendants. So that's the majority of our um, associates. We have a large population of our maintenance folks as well at our um, hangar locations. And then we have our corporate headquarters in Indianapolis. So we have those associates from finance, supply chain, IT, HR, and then we have our training facility. So that's a really large portion of our business as well, and making sure that our pilots and flight attendants and maintenance and all associates are trained up to the FAA regulation. So um, we have a new training center that is being built currently, opening um, next year that we're excited about in Carmel. So we'll have more opportunity for employment, even there they're locally in
0: Carmel. I was going to ask you a little bit about that later, but since you brought it up, yeah, uh, that is, is it am I remembering this correctly, Lyft Academy?
2: Yeah, so we also have Lyft Academy as one of our other arms, I guess, part of Republic. Um, Lyft Academy is our flight training program for um, those who want to get into aviation. So um, that's separate from our training facility for our pilots and flight attendants. Those are folks who want to be students and become pilots or maintenance technicians or um, in the aviation
0: field. Let me back up real quick, just make sure I get this right. So there's the Lyft Academy, but there's also the training center.
2: Yeah. So Lyft Academy is a flight, is a flight training um, program. So you enroll just like you would a university um, to become a maintenance technician or a pilot. Um, and then we have our training center, which is for our pilots and flight attendants who are already certified and work for us on our commercial flights already.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so I, I could go to Lyft Academy and then I would maybe go to the training. Yep.
2: That's program, exactly what you would do. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Or more, something more specific. Okay. Let me just widen the focus just a little bit to what I understand about the airline industry in general, that there is a shortage of pilots industry-wide. That in is the America. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why
1: is that?
2: Why is that? It's
1: um, You want me to a... take a look, take a crack at this one? Yeah, go for it. So, so it's a couple of things and Alyssa can chime in. I think one is as a result of COVID, you know, we had a, a significant change to the aviation industry, as you know, and 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 due to the significant downturn and uh, the amount of air traffic, we saw um, a significant amount of the pilots who were experienced high hour pilots, Captain Ellisborough or captains, uh, decided to either retire or pursue other uh, interests, whether that's uh, fly privately or, or go into other avenues of aviation. And so when the business came back, it came back like a hockey stick, right? It came back really, really quick. And that was leisure travel. And unfortunately, we didn't have the pipeline to to kind of offset that. I think the other thing is, and uh, Alicia will attest to is, uh, unfortunately, and uh, some of the work that we're doing is to get at that, but the cost of entry to be a captain is very expensive. It's probably one of the most expensive careers to enter into while it's very lucrative on the back end uh it's very challenging for people to be able to 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 you know cover the cost to to attend a flight school uh and in some cases for those that tend to go to a university have to cover that cost and the flight fees of a flight school because they are separate and so those two big things combine uh, along with the growing demand in air passenger travel, also with the demand and how air passenger travel is changing, right, with drones and there's always new regulations um, that impact the uh, the industry. And what I'll tell you this is, what most people don't know is that um, being a pilot is a very, very heavy regulated role, meaning there are so many types of um, medical conditions that a person who could be a pilot today could have some type of medical history change and it it prevent them from being certified as a pilot in the future. You know, it doesn't have to be their limb fell off. It could be things that, you know, are common to other people, but it impacts uh, their ability to fly.
0: So although the airline industry has been hiring women and people of color as pilots and flight engineers for five decades, at least uh, it is still, I understand an overwhelmingly white And male profession. Uh, I saw a statistic from the Bureau of Labor Statistics as of 2021, about 95% of airline pilots in the U.S. are male and about 93% are white. How how has the industry been so resistant to change?
2: Yeah, I think it's the barrier to entry that Rob was talking about and it not being um, um, talked about in schools where... I think a lot of, um, this is just from my experience of talking with pilots, they become pilots because they knew someone that was a pilot and their their family member was a pilot. They got to travel a lot as a child um, and that's what they, you know, admired to be. And what they saw is predominantly white men. And so if you were a, a a little boy, then you're going to think, oh, then that's what I'm going to be or and if you're a female, you'd think maybe a flight attendant, um, you know, and that's just what you think as a little kid. And so we have to change that. That That's our goal, right? We have to change that mentality for, for children and then also educating them. So Rob also oversees our D&I team who's out there educating our youth about aviation, which, Rob, you can talk a little bit more in depth about that. But those are what really will make a change.
0: I've seen a statistic, too, that attributed to Republic that women and people of color make up only... 14% of the aviation industry. Is that the entire industry that includes like flight attendants, maintenance workers, uh, people mm-hmm. I'd see at the gate?
1: No, that, that number accounts for the percentage of women and people of color who make up being pilots, Got right? It. So within Republic airways and within the industry itself. So our, our numbers actually, believe it or not, we're higher uh, than most uh, regional airlines. And in some cases, the main lines, The industry itself, about 80 percent, 86 percent of pilots, you know, depending on which study you see, are white males. You heard that 91 percent were white in general, but 86 percent of those are white males. And if you look at the demographics between women and people of color, they account for almost 70 percent of the population. When we looked at our numbers compared to other regional airlines, we outpace other regional airlines in in demographics, both in uh, Latino or Hispanic pilots uh, black or African American, Asian pilots, and we're on par with um, the number of women pilots that we hire.
0: Besides pilots, are there areas in the industry where you foresee workforce shortages?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, another key area that that sometimes gets overlooked is in is in the maintenance area. If I had to say the two areas that keep me up at night. It's pilot recruiting and and recruiting of maintenance mechanics because that is a certified role as well, right? They have to uh go through two to three years of AMP school. And um, it costs anywhere from twenty to forty thousand dollars for uh people to get certified to do that. And so again, it's another very highly regulated but very expensive program to get into. And uh, it's one of those programs that again, people in in different parts of uh The state and the world and the communities don't know about.
0: If I wanted to become a pilot, I'm I'm sensing there are are different ways that I could do it. One way is to go to like a university that has an aviation program. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So we have some here locally. Um, We have Purdue, which is a large one, Indiana State, Um, Vincent's, that's what's here locally in in Indiana, or which I think what you're going to get to is you could go to a flight school. So that's you don't get any um, college courses or anything like that. You're specifically just doing flight training. Um, and that's what
0: we have at Lyft Academy. So if I, a 55-year-old man or 55-year-old person wanted to become a pilot, I could go to Lyft Academy. I could apply. You can.
2: You can, okay. Mason. Are you interested? I can get you some information.
0: Oh, my God. I just, I got a six-year-old at home. I just don't see that happening. Okay. We'll, hey, well do an exploratory yeah. flight. Okay. <laughs>
2: And bring your six-year-old out. That's what we need. We need children to understand that aviation is a career, whether it's uh, in maintenance or in our SOC, which is our our team that helps with getting the flights out and on time and our crew members there. And there's tons of roles.
1: Okay, well, I am open. I am open. Mason, you know, one of the things I'll add and why aviation is so cool, uh, there's so many careers, right? You know, from uh, the flight attendant to the maintenance mechanic. Uh, to the crew schedule, dispatcher, HR, finance, uh, safety and environment or environmental health and safety. Like people generally think of of pilots only, but within a regional airline, man, there's so many opportunities for people to explore where they want to go. But what I will tell you and what, what really makes pilot recruiting so much more appealing and more impactful is we're talking about the potential for young people, young men and women who graduate from a flight school or from a university. And once they get the minimum amount of training in order to come fly, starting out in many cases around $100,000 a year, right? And then depending on where they go, bonuses anywhere from, you know, fifteen dollars to $60,000. And by the time they're 27 years old, they're making hundred and thirty, dollars $140,000. What another bonus on top of that? By the time they're thirty-five years old, and they've been flying for twelve years, they're they're easily in the two hundred figure, right?
0: So my understanding is, in recent years, Republic Airways has made a concerted effort to recruit more women and people of color, and to eliminate barriers that might stand in their way of successful careers at the company. and And I think Rob you joined republic as vice president of people and culture in june 2021 to help strengthen the hr functions also to bring aviation to schools that serve students from marginalized backgrounds did i get all that correct absolutely are you mainly concerned with hiring a more diverse field of pilots or are the the company's initiatives aiming at positions company wide
1: yeah i think it's company wide i think you know i can speak to what people probably see on the outside is what we do around pilots and mechanics, because that's the most visible. But what my my talent acquisition teams and what my diversity, equity, inclusion teams do is they're partnering with all type of organizations, whether it's for Hispanica, National Black NBA, the Asian American Lions. Uh, we're going into schools and we're talking about all the careers from dispatcher. Uh, we're partnering with Ivy Tech to put uh, a curriculum in place that's an aviation curriculum for high school students. And so. While, while while pilots, you know, appears to be the most prevalent, I can assure you that our commitment is to is to create opportunities for people from marginalized backgrounds uh, and marginalized. That just doesn't mean urban. Right. We're talking about people from rural America as well. Uh, it's anybody who's who, who historically has not been given the opportunity to pursue these type of careers. OK,
0: let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ podcast taft today's modern law firm with more than 625 attorneys across 11 offices we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike we do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach taft the modern law firm to learn more visit taftlaw.com All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast and our conversation with Rob Lowe and Alicia Spires of Republic Airways. So let's talk about some of the programs and initiatives. Uh, First, that I have heard of the career fairs that could include middle school kids, high schoolers and college
1: students. Uh, Tell me about those. Uh, so so there's a couple things that are happening within our town acquisition team. One of the the pillars that we have is is college pathways and also high school pathways. And so that that those those group of individuals being led by uh, our team member, Ashley Moore, they've been going out working with Lyft uh, to go into the high schools and middle schools uh, where they brought guest speakers. We brought out our, our simulator flight lab. It's a mobile lab where kids can get in and see uh, what it's like to be a pilot. We brought swag out there. We're putting aviation clubs. We're actually working to put aviation clubs in 10 high schools across the, the city, uh, our, Central Indiana, and the next year. And then our goal is to get up to as many as 30 aviation clubs that will feel, fuel and feed the pool of folks that pursue any of the careers in aviation. And then you when know, we talk about the, the, the big ticket that most people heard about is we just recently did an aviation career summit. And so uh, it it was it was a monumental event. It's the first time that uh, we believe it's ever been done. There's been plenty of aviation career fairs, but there's never been one that was uh, statewide and state supported. So the state of Indiana and the office of the uh, chief diversity, equity, inclusion officer, Kara Herring, her office uh, came on board first as a partner with this and said, we believe what you're doing. And what we did is we put together a three day weekend um, led by a a project member on my team, Aisha Beeman, with the help of Samantha Battle and a couple other folks. And over the three day weekend, we actually had a a meet and greets Friday night, October the 21st at the airport. We brought in a lot of uh, city officials and folks in the aviation industry uh, hosted by uh, Mario and, and Holly Harrington over there. Uh, we had a social gathering that evening. We had a symposium at Ivy Tech that Saturday, where we brought in guest panel speakers, including representatives from the five HB, five of the six HBCUs that have aviation programs. And then on Sunday, we had a huge career fair where we actually bust in, bust in, and had people who 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 showed up who lived central in central Indiana, over seven hundred students of color. Uh, We had 12 busloads of kids that came from around the state, from Evansville, Terre Haute, Gary, Hammond. And to be able to have them interact with over nearly 30 exhibitors, uh, other airlines showed up like Hawaiian Airlines and Delta and uh, United ABA, And so we had so many partners. um, And and that's what we think we have to do. We have to go uh, connect with them early. And there's this saying that if people see it, they tend to believe they can be. And that's what we're trying to do.
0: Now, as you said, this was Indianapolis. Um, I, I'm aware of, of a program where you actually will fly out to a different area of the country and have, have some of your uh, personnel there. And uh, people from local colleges will come in. The high schoolers will come in to see you at that particular airport. Tell me about that program.
1: I'll let Liz speak to the program. It's talking about the fly-ins, and I'll talk about one in particular.
2: Uh, Yeah. So we do fly-ins to universities. Uh, We fly in our aircraft, um, bring it in and um, our pilots and even have had flight attendants attend too. Um, And sometimes that's the first, that's the first experience someone has being on a commercial flight. It's crazy to think about. Um, So they actually know that it's obtainable and and it can be a career for them. So it's a pretty um, special experience. And from our side, it's it's always great to be a part of those experiences as well. Uh, Rob went on his first fly-in uh, earlier this year, and I know it was meaningful to him. So, you can share your story.
1: You know they've been doing this for a long time, and and I'm 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 proud to say that Republic has supported these initiatives. And one particular uh, was the fly-in that we did to Elizabeth City State University. So Elizabeth City State University is a historically black college. It's one of the six that has an aviation program and is the only public institution in the state of North Carolina that has an aviation program. So while uh, it is an HBCU, it is a very diverse school because of the nature of the program that's offered. And we flew in there back in um, September. The week before we flew there, PSA, another regional airline, showed up. And they had a smaller plane, right? But they were the first commercial airline to fly in there since 1977. Well, when we showed up a week later, we were the first ones to fly in with a jet of our size. And and to make it even more impactful, we actually took an all-Black crew. We took uh, the captain was a Black female. We had... Two first officers. We have members of our recruiting team, and so to be able to to to, to have that experience and to fly in and have all these high school kids that they brought in, and well as well as see the college students uh, again, visual representation often sets the standard for what people see. They can believe, be and believe they can be.
0: Uh, I heard that you were participating in Providence Cristo Rey High Schools, that's in Indianapolis. Their corporate work study program. And tell me how. Um that you were involved in that and, and what happens?
1: Providence Crystal Ray, uh, as you know, is, is one of the schools in Indiana. And, and one of the things that we are doing, and they just happen to be kind of the, the pioneer for us, is, is we're, we're tapping into high schools around the city in order to create internship programs, not just for for students for the sake of income, but also to create exposure to the various avenues to have careers in aviation. We actually have a, a, a student who um, comes to our campus every week and, and our goal is to make sure that that person has meaningful work, but also gets exposure so that they can make an informed choice uh, about what they want to do. And, and for us, it's at the end of the day, the, the journey to this place starts early in life. And if we haven't learned anything else, what we learned is you always have to fuel the funnel. Right. We're, we're working with other schools right now to look at similar programs. Um, we actually have a pilot training uh, curriculum in Traders Point where we, you know, we offer uh, our curriculum so that the students can learn aviation and, and and learn to fly while still being in high school. As I mentioned earlier, we're putting aviation clubs around the, the, the city and again, eventually around the state.
0: I'd heard about additionally a campaign to raise $24 million. To help 300 Central Indiana students of color start yep. a career in aviation, but wow, that that sounds really ambitious. Uh, how is that playing out? Where are you in that
1: process? Yeah, so so that that's something that that you know I communicated to our our leadership team uh, of something that I wanted to do. Uh, Republic is you know in the process of creating its own foundation because Republic as a company has a mission to fund pilots. So let me be clear: Republic has a mission in order to fund uh, pilots. Uh, to get into this career space. And when I when I when I heard that and I thought about what I what I really want to do from a DEI perspective, the biggest barrier to entry is finance, biggest barrier to entry. And so what we said is we're going to create a goal and we're going to try to go out and and raise twenty four million dollars from various organizations uh, within the industry, out of the industry, government entities in order to find pilots of color from across central Indiana in order to go into the cockpit. The Aviation Career Summit was the precursor in order to set the stage for that. So what we wanted to show was we wanted to show the interest Mm -hmm. is there. Show them and they will come. And then in 2023, uh, our goal is to really put together a bold, a bold campaign strategy and partner with other aviation professionals and other aviation organizations to see how we can make this happen. And then ten of the three hundred. Why we say about that and what we say is, the goal would be is for one hundred students to go to Lyft, one hundred students to go to any of the four public institutions in the state of Indiana, and one hundred students to go to any of the six HBCUs. And we do that intentionally because we want to give them the opportunity to choose and not say that education or the path to where they want to be is one dimensional. And so uh, if we're able to do that, if we're able to do a fraction of that, then, then we we've already won. Now you've been in this job for about a year
0: and a half so far. What approaches seem to be working well so far and what else are you interested in trying?
1: You know, I tell you what, what, what I think has been, uh, key to the success that we've had so far. And then we I think we have opportunities. The key so far has been, been, been willing to admit that one, there's a problem, right? Problem meaning we just haven't tapped into applicant pools historically that we, sh- that we could have. And then the other thing that, that really has helped us is go figure out who's doing it already and partner with those folks, go find the people that understand the mission and not try to reinvent the wheel, but make the wheel better and bring as many people into the the conversation as possible. What we're trying to do is much bigger than Republic, right? And I could go on and on and on, but at the end of the day, Republic by itself cannot change the entire industry. We just have to do our part to make sure that we're lighting the fuel or we're pouring ignition on the fuel so that fire burns. And then things that I think, you know, probably we could do better is, is figuring out how do we, get um maybe you know different parts of the 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 educational society or, or academic society to get involved and in how do we help them so that they can create campaigns to go out and generate momentum and interest into the aviation uh community and i think uh those two things if we can figure out how to mirror those and support each other i think we can truly truly make an impact
0: thank you so much for uh spending the time to explain this to me and best of luck uh, as you you know, try to reach your goals. Maybe we'll check back in a couple years and see how things are going.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Mason.
0: My thanks again to Rob Lowe and Alicia Spires. You can find more information about Republic's plans for recruiting talent at IBJ.com. And before you get on with the rest of your week, there are a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ I want to draw to your attention. First up, Indiana is at a critical juncture that demands practical strategies to help businesses find skilled employees, remove barriers for entry for workers, and provide students with skills they'll need to secure high-paying jobs. Sounds like the story we just talked about. Peter Blanchard has more findings, plus proposed solutions from a report just released by the Governor's Workforce Cabinet. Also in this week's issue, Mickey Shuey reports on the exits of some retail tenants at Nora Plaza, as its new owner, Kite Realty Group Trust, plans to revamp its offerings. And Dave Lindquist has the homegrown success story of Luciana's Mexican Restaurant and Cantina, which has gone from one location to five in seven years, with a sixth on the way. Again, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ or online at ibj.com. I will say it's easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business, community, and economy if you're a subscriber. And here's a new development. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. And that works out to about $3 per week for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. Just go to IBJ.com and click on the subscribe button. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll take next week off for Thanksgiving, but have a new episode for you on Monday, December the 5th. Until then, have a safe holiday.